Welcome back in, DJ and PK. 8 o'clock hour, Dale Murphy is joining us, and he's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line, best of state winner. Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit smarttrain.net or call 877-346-3333. 877-346-3333. Dale Murphy joining DJ and PK only. DJ is gone. Riley Jensen, quarterback coach, mental health performance coach, is joining us. Dale Murphy, good morning. How are you, my friend? Oh, good good morning, uh, PK. Good morning, Riley. Uh, yeah, I mean, doing great. <laughs> uh, what a game last night! I was in Atlanta for those three games and uh, recovered. That was a uh, I, I was running all over the place, having a blast in it, in Atlanta between the game and my restaurant and sponsors. So I had a busy weekend, uh, but settled into the sofa last night and. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Just so happy for, well, there's so many people, you know, obviously the whole organization, but Brian Snitker is someone that us kind of old timers really have a, a connection to. So it was really a special night. Yeah, now he's been with the organization since 1977, a grinder, various places in the organization with coaching, minor league, blah, blah, blah. Finally gets a chance, what, in 16 as the interim, and here you are this year winning it all. I mean, there's all sorts of stories, as there always are in these cases, but in terms of setting an example for people of showing up, going to work, putting your head down, doing the best you can, this is just a great story with this manager. Yeah, I think it's you're right. Uh, there are a lot of storylines. I think baseball lends itself to uh, stories like this, especially in the postseason. As we all know, baseball you can't get the play, the best the ball into your best player's hands uh, unless he's a, a closer. But you can't get you know you can't get Freddie up there in the ninth unless his his slot turns up. So what happens is you you know and, and then you you end up with a little uh, uh, mix up in your pitching rotation and you know you get you got a storyline there, someone you haven't heard of, but, uh, so many, so many storylines, but talking about Brian Snitker and showing up for work. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, about halfway through the season, I thought of that because they were under 500 and then they got to 500. Then they set a record for winning a game, losing a game, winning a game, losing a game. They, they went about 10 days or, or maybe, maybe no longer than that. They went up, I can't even remember, about 15 games, winning and losing, and couldn't get over 500. Uh, could have got frustrated in that, but this is the perfect example of Brian Snitker just every day just shows up and and concentrates on that game. And that's what every, you know, really it's an organizational win. There's so many storylines from the front office to the scouts making trades to uh, guys coming up from the minor leagues. Uh, we all know that the MVP of the LCS got um, Rosario was from the trade deadline. It's Soler, MVP of the World Series, yeah. was a, tra- a, a deadline, tra- a trade deadline acquisition as well. So, I mean, it's just yeah, they just show up. This this team just kept grinding, and I think a lot of times you take the personality of your manager, and uh, these guys just. Every day showed up and pitched a bit, 
is where they end up. Great story. Great story. Uh, Dale, as a as a young man, I I had the opportunity to listen to you speak up at the Spectrum in Logan as a as a twelve year old, and I know that you still use this today in some of the things that you speak about to to various groups. And it was you know swing hard just in case, <laughs> and and I and I always loved it, and I always thought it was like really really just a, a an impactful speech that you gave to me as a young man. Is there a coach? Or is there someone that, that sticks out to you from your youth that gave you some great wisdom as to, to all the different success that you had as a professional, as a as a professional now in what you're doing? Well, thank you, Riley. Yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, I listened to uh, Ted Simmons' uh, Hall of Fame speech and also his St. Louis uh, Sports Hall of Fame speech. Uh, you know, I ran across that, which happened a few years ago, and Ted went, got inducted to the Hall of Fame this, the Baseball Hall of Fame this summer. Um, he said it, it, in in his speech in St. Louis, which I I remember the phrase he used. He said something like, "You know, when you give speeches like this, people say don't start mentioning names because you'll forget someone." He says, "Well, I'm going to start naming names." <laughs> and he went on for about 20 minutes. All he did was <laughs> say the person's name. And, you know, I could do that right now. I don't think we have 20 minutes, and I'm going to have to write it down because I will probably forget someone. There are a number, you know, just throughout your life and throughout my career, yeah, people came up to me. Uh, I had a very influential coach in high school, Jack Dunn best coach that I've ever had, including professional. So how lucky was I to grow up in a in a neighborhood with a hall of, high school Hall of Fame coach and, and when he went to he, he's in the college Hall of Fame uh, wow. as a coach too. So and then I go into pro ball uh, yes, just time and time again. Uh, one that sticks out is a teammate of mine, Gary Matthews, who when he was traded Braves fans remember back Yeah, Sarge. <laughs> And the reason why Pete Rose named him Sarge is because he he was not afraid to say what needed to be said, which a lot of young players have trouble with. But he came up to me and challenged me one day when I was really struggling and really challenged me and actually asked me if I was scared because I looked scared at the plate. And it's that's essentially it. I was so offended. I didn't act offended, but I was like, well – Something's got to change here if I'm looking scared. Uh, little things like that. I've had a number of coaches, and and but that's that was a very influential small conversation in my early in my rookie year with Gary Matthews. And I could think, of, and I will think of some more. I'm going to start writing them down right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that speech ready. We need you in the Hall of Fame. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Thank you. Dale Murphy joining us, obviously Atlanta Braves legend, Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. You just spoke earlier here a few minutes ago where you say you can't put the ball in your superstar's hands. And for some people, that's viewed as a knock on baseball. But I, you know me, I'm a baseball dude. I have been since 
birth. It got in my blood and has stayed there ever since. I actually think that's the reason to celebrate the sport because what I call guys like Bucky Dent, and we all remember the home run, right? When did Eddie Rosario turn into Ted Williams? I mean, come on. He was coming up with base hits every time, and then he didn't have the maybe the bat in the World Series, but he makes a phenomenal play in left field up against the wall where it seemed like he was swatting a fly in the dark, and he ends up making the catch. I actually think that's the strength of the game. Yeah, Freddie Freeman is a star MVP, hits the home run late in the game, has a big hit early in the game, and that's great and all, but I like the fact that you got to account for everybody because you don't know who's going to come up big in any situation, and that we've seen it throughout the history of the game and legendary moments that literally live on forever because they're so-called no-name guys and they Bucky Dennett. Absolutely. I, I, you, that's exactly the, the one of the attractions of baseball. Uh, um, that catch, for instance, will be replayed throughout the history of the Atlanta Braves. Right. Uh, much like other memorable moments. And it's a guy we traded for at the deadline from, I don't even know who we got him from. Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Minnesota? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was just a utility yeah. guy for the Twins. Yeah. Um, it, but we could go on and on. I think there were six trades. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, during that time. Uh, but, but anyway, let's talk about Rosario. And there's a number of other situations. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's the it is the beauty of the game. Eddie Rosario is, will be and always and like you said, I'm repeating what you said. Freddie will always be a hero in in, but now so will Eddie Rosario. He's going to come back in 20 years and and people say I was there when you made the catch. And let's think about is there been another time? Otis Nixon the catch against the Pirates. Uh, climbed Climbing the wall, the wall. Yeah. and I don't know who he is, Van Slyke or someone. Yeah. But I, I agree. I'm, I'm just agreeing with you. It's it's a really interesting part of baseball. we we got to be careful not to get rid of the interesting parts. I'm in favor of some things to change, but this is one of the attractions of the game. Uh, and, and Joe Posnanski said it best. Uh, I can't do the exact quote, but he said something like, I can't argue with people when they say baseball is boring, because it is. But Every once in a while, when something happens, it's it's mind-boggling and incredible, and you'll remember it forever. And that's that's the nature of the game. And uh, that's I mean, all the cliches. That's why they play the game. The game isn't over till the last out. You always have a shot. There's no clock in baseball. It's all true. It just is. It's a marvelous game. It really is. And. Especially when you're on the winning side. Hey, Dale, I have a question for you. What is harder, facing down Nolan Ryan in Major League Baseball or parenting, you know, studs like Jake Murphy and Sean and McKay and all this? Is that what what is tougher or what has been more enjoyable? Wow. Uh, That, 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 is a very interesting question with uh, what is tougher and what is more enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, uh, Nancy is a great mom, and so I don't take a lot of credit for raising this family. But let me just say that 
facing Nolan Ryan is not fun. If you get a hit, you get a few thousand people cheering you. <laughs> if you're a good parent, there's not a lot of people giving you a standing ovation. <laughs> but that's the most. But that is the most important thing in life. Is, is your family, and I think that's one of the challenges with with uh, job family uh, balance is you always get pats on the back and accolades and attention. But doing the most important things sometimes are not that uh, um, you, you don't get a lot of public praise and pats on the back and ego boosting. So I would say in all instances, uh, even though our kids are great, just being a parent and, and, uh, and uh, is, is forever, uh, you know, the most important, most challenging the most critical part of our lives. Dale Murphy joining us. Do you know, this is going to be a bizarre question, but stay with me for a second here. Do you know Tony LaRusso and Dave Stewart well at all? Not well. I know them. Um, and, uh, but, you know, one thing is we didn't have interleague play in the back in the day. I probably would have known them better. But, yeah, I know Tony and, okay. and uh, the reason, uh, and Dave Stewart, yeah. the reason why I Dave, bring Dave that up. Tony, yeah. Uh, you know, come and have an Arizona background, and they started the Diamondbacks yeah. in '98, yeah. and they are the two guys who traded Dansby Swanson for Shelby Miller, Dale. Shelby Miller, and they gave up the number one pick, the shortstop, Dansby Swanson. If you ever see them, could you smack those guys in the back of the head for all Diamondback fans? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, well, I'll simultaneously, I'll do the hug and a slap in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would hug him. No. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. No, I, you know, I did, I saw Dansby. I was doing a little part-time stuff. In fact, I could have, I was doing some part-time stuff in the break. I, in fact, I could have been in the draft room the year he was drafted. Not that I was any part of the draft. I was an observer. But I remember being in the Braves draft and seeing, you know, video of him, you know, 1-1. And Dansby Swanson, you know, looked like a quality kid, a competitor. And, you know, 1-1. First player pick, first round. I'm like, whoa. And then the next year, Shelby actually had a good year for us. I I, I don't know what they didn't see in, in Dansby. I, I, it, it is a mind-boggling trade, uh, especially – Number one, wasn't he number one? Yes, yes, he was. Out of Vanderbilt. Yes, he was. He was number one, man. Championship team, quality kid. I mean, it, and, uh, I, 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 you know, it, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. PK, it still boggles the mind. You know, everybody, every organization, uh, I'll tell you, though, every organization does kind of have that one trade where they're like, what, what did we do? But, that was a head scratcher just because he only played a short season. Right. He had only played 70 games in rookie ball. In fact, it was in Hillsboro, Oregon. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, so, and then I don't think Shelby really contributed to the uh, no. Diamondbacks. He never did. I mean, he didn't win a game. He got hurt. And now I think he's getting uh, raked out of the bullpen for the Pirates. Yeah, it's a. It's an odd game, and, and and there's a lot of, you know. Let's just talk about scouts for one second, if we got time. Yeah, go ahead. This this Braves championship, um, I would not only like to see these scouts get a ring, which they will, but you got to seriously consider giving them a raise because number one, they aren't making that much money. I can guarantee <laughs> you that they don't make enough. If I started an organization, my first ten hires would be scouts. 
uh, they facilitated these trades, not only the ones that happened at the trade deadline. They're making decisions. You know, it's not like, hey, 80-20, I think Rosario is somebody we need, or Soler, uh, or Jock Peterson. You have, you have to put, as a scout, they don't take that. It's a yes or a no. You know, should we do this? And you, right. have, to, you have to put yourself on the line. And uh, they did this. They saw Soler... They said he's turned a corner. We feel he's turned a corner. And, you know, he hits one out of the stadium last night, among other big hits and, and et cetera, throughout the few months he was with Atlanta. Uh, so, anyway, scouts see things differently. Um, who knows what happened back then? But, uh, you know, scouts, it, it, they, they're the backbone of your organization. Scouts and minor league instructors. And uh, you see it in the big leagues, and it's all glitzy and everything, but the guys not making a lot of money that are putting their careers, literally their careers, on the line with decisions because, uh, you know, it's just a remarkable – it's fun. I've hung around with scouts, and that year I was with the Braves for a while, and I was like, how do you decide? Because every guy I see looks great to me. (laughs) (laughs) And and, – so anyway, all right. Before uh, we let you go, Dale. Yeah, I and I love the game, but I gotta say, it does bug me to see third baseman Manny Machado throwing out a guy from right field because they've got some crazy shift on, and he's basically like the rover in softball. Uh, I I don't know what they can do. Uh, because it doesn't seem like players are – they seem like they're reluctant to go the other way or lay one down, and these shifts, to an extent, are bothering me. So I've come up with a plan that you can play any guys wherever you want, but you have to have f- four guys who have to start each pitch with their feet, their back foot – on the dirt of the infield. You can line them up wherever you want. You can put them all down the first baseline if you want. But they've got to have four guys whose feet are on the dirt, and then everybody else can be wherever they want. Because I think something needs to be done here to get more balls in play, and these analytics and these nerds from MIT are taking over the game. What do you got? I, If I was commissioner, I would look at your... Uh, everything's on the table to me. In other words... You know, I used to say, hey, the shift is the shift. We can't, you can't regulate that. But I would start to, yes, I would look at your idea, look at anybody's idea. In other words, I would consider it. I'd probably move, try to move a little faster than baseball is because you're right. Uh, uh, the, the pitchers have a big advantage. They're throwing harder. You talk about uh, going the other way. It's, it's hard to do when it's throwing 96. Back in my day, I might be able to hit one over there, you know, because not everybody – through 96 but i would look at it i definitely would consider a lot of things uh to to help uh, the hitters out see a little more offense it is frustrating especially when you see someone in a position like a rover but hey here's my bottom line on analytics it's math i can't argue with math and the shift happens because it works that's the only reason they do it um, the only reason why they don't steal, they don't hit and run, they don't bunt as much is because the analytics say it's, it's not a good percentage move. So I, I can't argue with the math, but I would consider rules changes. Uh, like you said, I'd consider it. Absolutely. And the other thing is we got to figure out 
how to get this game to three hours on average. No, actually, two forty-five. Two forty-five. You know, four-hour game starting at eight o'clock. Yeah, is 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 not is not gonna is is not gonna generate the next group of fans. We're not gonna lose the guys, the people that love the game. They'll sit there for six hours. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but we need to get this game to two forty-five. And then also forty-five minutes. I've been I've been slow on this, but I'm willing to make the move. Universal DH, it's got to happen. Yeah, it, it's happened. The, it, can you imagine? We're playing the World Series for the last 40 years under different set of rules. It's that ridiculous. It's it, it's unreal. I, I I can't even believe there. As as much as I would don't like the DH for strategy reasons. Yeah, it's time. Right. It's way past time. Right. Uh, way past time. Way it. I can't say that any any clearer. But I, I just was thinking during this World Series uh, um, that uh, we've been doing this for forty years in different ballparks. We had a reliever uh, for, and I can't remember his name for the Astros, who was the last pitcher to hit, probably in the history of the game. He probably hadn't had a, an at bat in ten years, <laughs> and. And uh, he went up there. They told him not to swing. They didn't want him to pull a muscle. And that's where we're at. That what kind of baseball is that? Right. So, yeah. You're yeah. right. It's coming. All right. Hey, well, enjoy enjoy the Braves winning the World Series. You truly are a Braves legend, and we appreciate you joining us. Oh, so thankful to be on, guys. Anytime, especially after the Braves win a World <laughs> Series. <laughs> okay, talk to you next October then. <laughs> yeah, all right. Good, Thanks, good Dale. idea. All, all right. right, thank you. That's Dale Murphy joining us right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. Now another winner of a different kind is joining us, and he is Andrew. Andrew Reinhardt. You've seen him on TV, radio all over the place. He's from Wasatch Medical Clinic. I've heard you in Phoenix. I've heard you in St. George. I think if I go to Europe, I might hear you, Andrew, because you are a celebrity now, and you're talking about ED, which is so important. Tell us why it's important, basically, and what you can do and what Wasatch Medical Clinic can do to take care of the situation. That's right, Pika. You can't you can't escape me. I follow you everywhere. <laughs> but this is an important subject: erectile dysfunction. Here's the main attraction, and why so many men in so many cities are taking these treatments. Uh, a guy suffering with erectile dysfunction typically has a blood flow problem, maybe plaque buildup, maybe damaged blood vessels. That is what the acoustic wave therapy at Wasatch Medical Clinic repairs. Fifty clinical studies, in fact have agreed with us, the Cleveland Clinic. This is one of the biggest hospitals in America. Here's what they said after they tested it. It created a clinical and statistical increase in blood flow. That is so cool. Who doesn't want more blood flow in this part of the body, in the bedroom? No pills, no chemicals. That means no more side effects. There you go, man. You make it sound so simple. I'm not going to say that it is simple, but what I am going to say is it's correctable. That's the most important thing. If you got the issue, it's fixable, correctable, correct? That's right. We've been up treating the symptoms for 30 years with the pill, not addressing the blood flow, the blood vessels, uh, anything, the tissue, and now we're fixing the problem, and that's a big relief for a lot of guys because they get the on-demand function in the bedroom back. There you go. All right. 
Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Tell us about why you're on today and what you have to offer if guys call today. If you're ready to put a stop to your ED, regain your love life, or just improve performance and frequency, we do a lot of that too, uh, give us a call now. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with the MD, no charge. The gift, uh, this is worth the trip, guys, produces immediate results in the bedroom. And if you're like so many and you feel like uh, a little lethargic maybe, blood work and testosterone is free today as well. There you go. Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, PK. All right, Riley Jensen coming up next, man. What to do if you can't make a shot? Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. The head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Blake Anderson. Coach, you've got a quarterback really cranking at a high level right now. How proud have you been of his performance? Well, a lot of what y'all have seen is, is what I expected to see. There are some, I would say, growing things that Logan's been dealing with, but I think he's gotten better every week. He's not been healthy, and he's battled through it, which just tells you a lot about his toughness. Super quick release. He'll sit in the pocket to the last second to get the ball out when he needs to. He'll take the big hit to get the ball to delivered to the right guys. He's tough. He keeps getting up off the turf. Proud of what he's doing. I think he's only going to get better. He's playing with a lot of confidence right now, which is good for us. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Today's Wednesday, but in two days, we got Football Friday. Football Friday is presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to a great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Riley Jensen, quarterback guru, longtime coach, now mental performance coach. The Jazz with a nice win over Sacramento. Riley is a Utah native, lived here all of his life. And so he's a longtime Jazz follower. And now he has got the mental performance aspects, got all the training, works with some of the Jazz folks in addition to a whole lot of other things that he's got going on. Gracious enough to join us because DJ's off today. So, Riley, my thought for you is Jordan Clarkson is 0 of 18 from 3, and he can't buy a 3. He made 99 uh, games in a row, and then it ended, uh, what, Sunday against Milwaukee. And then last night in the arena, uh, what was he, 0 of uh, 11 from 3? Now you... Or the guru of the brain. <laughs> I'm a guru a little lower in the body, but you're the guru. Oh, you and Andrew have been talking. Yeah. I, if you, if, no, if you've got feet issues, I'm your guy. Oh. I was way off. It's you and Rex Ryan. Yes. And, friends. Right. Love the feet. You don't go anywhere without the feet, you know? Come on. So, with that in That's mind. That's what Rex says. Yeah. Um, what is going on? What if, if the Jazz came, if Quinn Snyder came to you and said, hey, help us with Because obviously Jordan Clarkson is a proven NBA player, but right now he cannot buy a three. Good thing is that they're winning, so in the end, the results of the W's and L's, it doesn't really matter, and he'll come out of it. But when somebody can't buy a hoop, what do you tell them? <laughs> well, first of all, Jordan Clarkson, I, I'm not sure that he needs my help. 
this is this is this is a savvy veteran that knows how to handle this. And I actually like what he's done. I mean, there's not very many people in America, let alone the NBA, that would shoot 18 times in a row and miss from three point land, right? And and uh, just keep shooting. And he he's definitely got that mentality that that he can shoot it and he can make it at any time. And he and last night watching the game, he's shooting in the fourth quarter. He's certainly not afraid. And I like that mentality, and I think there's a really, really, there's actually a really good quote um, on on a shooting slump and those sorts of things from Damian Lillard that I that I posted this morning that I think is really, really interesting into the mentality of being a shooter and those sorts of things. But here's what I would say if I was working with someone, and I've worked with a European basketball player uh, that that was struggling with the three. Right. Dirk Nowitzki? No, 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 not not an NBA <laughs> player, but a person who was playing in Europe, right? So, one of the things that we talked about was you have to be careful about being outcome oriented when you're when you're a shooter, and and a lot of a, a guy in the position like Jordan Clarkson, he he's paid to shoot the three. He's paid to come in and give them a lift off the bench, right? Yes. And so if you become outcome oriented, like, oh man, I'm. I'm O for my last 18, right? Then, then all of a sudden, that outcome starts to really become like a weight on top of you, and it, and it becomes really. And this is true in baseball. This is true in a lot of different things, right? Where you get in a little bit of a slump, it's hard not to think about the outcome. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We try and shift them to a little bit different type of a goal, or we try and change the scoreboard. So, my thought process when I was working with this this player that was playing in Europe was, okay, so you were O for five from three. But how many of those shots were within the context of the offense and were good shots for your team? Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he had no idea. He goes, what, what do you mean? And we start talking about these things, right? And I, I said, you've got to start grading yourself on, you are a shooter, you know how to shoot the three, you know what you're doing, right? So were you five for five within the context of the offense and shooting when you're open? Now, there's a whole bunch that goes into whether that's an open shot for Jordan Clarkson compared to somebody else compared to somebody else and what 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 Quinn wants him to do, right? But he's got to start he he he'll have to start just looking at it like, "Hey, it's okay. My shot's going to come around. All 18 of these shots were within the context of the offense and are good shots for me and for the team." And I remember just not very long ago Quinn was talking about Joe Ingles and and it was in the playoffs and he goes, "I would rather I would rather that Joe goes two for nine yeah. than goes like zero for two right. from three, and it has to do with spacing, and it has to do with people having to guard them, and it has to do with loosening other people up. And I love it. I love Quinn's mentality, and I, you know, I don't know who Quinn talks to, but he has a great deal of sports psychology knowledge just in the way that he talks about things, and it allows these guys to play free. It allows a guy like Jordan Clarkson to go eight zero for eighteen, and nobody's seriously worried about it. Right, like I don't think that you have to worry about Jordan Clarkson coming around because no, we're not. But how about him? I I get to me, you're winning. You're not making buckets, but the team is winning. That's a great sign because he's going to make shots, and so miss him when you lose. That's best of both worlds in a sense. But the individual, 
It's got to affect them. No, it does. It, 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 I don't care who you are. This is a human being. This is a person who cares about performing well, right? But So you start getting in process-oriented. You start saying, okay, so you've shot 18 times. How many of those 18 were good shots for the team? And then the other thing that you have to start doing is you have to start helping them with whatever the mentality is. And and when, when you talk about the human brain, we can, we can have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day in our mind, but at any one time, if I sliced your mind open, PK, in the last five minutes that we've been Just talking, don't touch my heart. At four minutes and three seconds ago, we sliced your brain waves open. There's only one thought in your head. So the one thing that I would be working on with him is just getting him to neutral. So they, they talk about like, okay, you don't want to have negative thoughts. Everybody knows that. Like, that's obvious, right? Yeah. And everybody says, oh, well, you got to be positive. Well... Sometimes that's a huge leap as an athlete. When you're not playing well, to go from like a red thought to like, no, I'm money. I'm going to make this shot. It's too big of a jump. So a lot of times what we do is we'll take someone from what I call red thinking to yellow thinking, which is neutral or productive thinking. Okay. And, and, and typically neutral or productive thinking could be like you're singing a song under your breath so that you're filling your, your mind with a neutral thought instead of a negative thought. And all of a sudden his body starts doing the work like it's always done. Or, and I'm proud or, to be an American. Yeah, you, see, you do a really good job of this on the show. Like you <laughs> sing a lot, right? Or when you're having negative thoughts, you sing a song and it gets you back in the right mindset, right? Sing, sing a song, <laughs> make it simple. I know you're joking. I I know you're joking, but I have a Westminster <laughs> basketball player that went from 43% shooting to 70 by the end of the year simply by singing a song under his breath when he was at the free throw line because it substitutes out a negative thought for a neutral thought, right? I'm now, on the highway to hell. <laughs> why, why does this remind me of a Saturday Night Live skit? <laughs> I'm listening. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. I'm the perfect patient. The second thing that I think is important when it comes to the, the psychology of like trying to pull out of negative thinking or having these negative thoughts is just think how you would coach your best friend. And typically, when you would coach your best friend, you're a good friend, so you're not actually going to lie to them. You're going to tell them the truth. But you're going to do it in a lot more productive way, and I call that productive thinking, right, then when you're ripping yourself, like, what what the frick is wrong with me? Like, why am I miss? Like, you don't talk like that to your friends, right? You don't talk like that to a good friend. So, typically, if you think about how you would coach a really good friend of yours, you would come up with one to two really solid coaching points, and that would be about it. You'd say, look, I know you're missing threes. Here's what you need to focus on. You need to focus on A, you need to focus on B, and then let that be the self-coaching that takes place instead of all these things like, oh, I'm letting my teammates down. Oh, I'm not playing good basketball. If I don't play good basketball, how are we going to get the number one seed? If we don't get the number one seed, how are we going to win a championship? And it can really cycle into a dark place. Typically, that doesn't happen with pro players as much as it would with a college player or a high school player. So you talked about Lillard, and I follow the box scores, obviously, because it's my job. And I know Lillard's not having a good season compared to what he's normally capable of doing and what he's done for so many years. He's shooting 35% from the field. And from three, he's shooting 23%. That sucks. I don't know if he's a little gassed because he had to play in the Olympics or whatever. So you talked about what he said. What did you post what he said? So, I mean, it's a little bit longer of a quote, but... He he just said, for me personally, I love when these opportunities present themselves, right? Because when I'm riding high and when I'm smoking hot and when I get it going, people are going to look at it and be like, we remember when you were struggling and you didn't shy away from it. 
I think it will be more. I think I will have more respect and more success when they see how you handle failure than how you handle struggle. And basically, what he's talking about right there to me is he's talking about the fact that, like, dude, anybody can be a front runner. Yeah. I'm really, can, I'm really good at that. All of us can be front runners. I, yeah. I mean, it, the worst thing that you can be labeled to me as an athlete is a front runner. Right? How do you handle it when things aren't going well? Do you shoot through it? Do you hold yourself high? Do you hold yourself in a good position? Are you the best player for the team? Are you the best player on the team? You should be trying to be the best player for the team when things aren't going right. And then, and then at the very end, he just says, so personally, I embrace that. It's not fun. It's not easy. But it's part of my DNA. That's how I got to this position. I'm not angry about it. I'm frustrated with it. I do see it as a challenge, and it's one I accept, and I know I'll come out on top as I always do. Now, that part right there is really interesting from a psychological standpoint because what he's doing is he's drawing on past experiences of what he's done to move him forward in the future. And I think Jordan Clarkson needs to do that as well. That's just a really good, healthy thing. We talk about this stuff in sports psychology. You should write down a list of all the things that you're proud of, that you've accomplished, and that you've done in a non-emotional situation so that when you get to that difficulty, when you get to that adverse situation, it's written down in your own handwriting. Like, hey, no, you're not a schlep. No, you can do this. No, you have done this your whole life. And it's written in your own own handwriting, and you can rely on that when you're in, in adverse situations. Deep Thinking by Riley Jensen. We'll explore some more of this. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies take a break from Mountain West Conference play for a trip to New Mexico for a showdown against New Mexico State. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show at 1. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz fans, visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6, where there are free Papa Shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. Joe Ingles is going to join us in the next segment. Riley Jensen joining us now, so we got a quick one so we can be on time for Joe. You know, you talk about Jordan Clarkson and, and Quinn Snyder saying, giving him all the confidence in the world. How about if if they you don't get the confidence from the uh, outside in terms of how do you build it on the inside? You know, I look at my situation. I was in high school, and, and, and I had the back, back east attitude, and I'm in Arizona, and this is a fish out of water. And, and, the, and so I came off... Curmudgeonly, I get that's my really, persona. You? Yeah, I mean, come on, let's be honest. I can't even imagine. So, one of the uh, like U.S. history teacher, or whatever, senior year. What What are you going to do after this? I said, I'm going to go to college. He says, No, be serious. Ooh. So that was one. Then fast forward, I'm going to ASU. I had a uh, took a broadcasting editing class, and you used to have the real to real tapes, and you had to splice and edit them. And studio time. At ASU at those days, this was very small. Now they got a big thing. It's not even on campus. It's downtown Phoenix. And so you could double up on the studio time, right? So you could do the project. They would give you a, 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 a like an A-track, and it had a news report, but it had a bunch of errors, and you had to clean it up so it made sound good. So I did it with a friend of mine, 
And we both did the same. We did the same thing. And then when you're done, you record it on your own track and you hand in that track to the teacher, right? Same exact thing. Same exact thing. He got an A. I got a B minus. It was the exact same thing. <laughs> exact same thing. So I've had people doubt me every step of the way. Right. I didn't doubt me, but they doubted me. Right. And I've kept all the rejection letters that I've received over the years and negative reviews. And I've given the finger to every single one of those people. I never doubted myself, but how do you handle it when they doubt you? Well, I, I mean, I think you handle it kind of the way you did, right? Didn't it? Didn't yeah, it put a but little I'm bit of a wired, chip on your and I still have it to this day. Right. Well, I think I think everybody has to wire themselves a little bit like you. Now, you, you you are wired different. I think that's part of your success. I think that's part of like who you are. But I think at some point, if you can't handle some of that stuff, you 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 have to somehow figure out a way to use that as fuel rather than like letting it burn you down. Right. Right. And 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 truthfully, like if you if if everything that you do in your life is is motivated by you know something that's on the outside and and not what's on the inside then it's it's really really tough to survive it's really tough to survive you have to be what they call intrinsically motivated not exteriorly motivated okay but is that hard to do oh yeah i mean life is hard right it can like, be yeah not all really, the time really hard. but I, I i mean it's interesting that you say that but i've I've kept different comments. I've kept different newspaper articles. I've put all those kind of things that have been negative about me, and I put them in a drawer. And I actually haven't put them in the drawer for me. I actually don't go through and read them. They're not like these things that I read, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to flip somebody off. I'm actually keeping them for my kids. Like, hey, do you hear me sitting around whining about this or or crying about this or like really, really like getting upset about all these different things? No, you don't hear that because it's not really important, but do they exist? Yes. Like there's anytime you're trying to do something hard or difficult or worthwhile, there are going to be people even in your family who are critics and who are naysayers and and who are who are trying to subterfuge. It's the crabs in the bucket theory, right? Yeah. I mean I mean it just it's just part of our it's part of our existence here and we have to learn how to deal with those things. Yeah, there you go. All right, joining us now, Wasatch Medical Clinic with Andrew Reinhardt talking about proving people wrong. How about proving people right? Wasatch Medical Clinic, if you've got AED, the bottom line here is go see Wasatch Medical Clinic because they can fix the issue. Isn't that the point, Andrew? Yes, that is the point. Instead of just putting a Band-Aid on the problem, on erectile dysfunction, which is what the pill is, we're going to the actual issue as we age, uh, plaque builds up a little bit. Uh, blood vessels harden a little bit, and the blood flow doesn't really happen like it used to. Our technology at Wasatch Medical, the acoustic wave therapy, it repairs, opens up, even softens those blood vessels so you achieve better circulation uh, in the bedroom where you want it, when you want it. This is backed by 50 studies showing it's safe, it's effective. It even has been called the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction. There you go. The new standard. Wasatch Medical Clinic's got the new standard, 801-901-8000. Now, each time you come on the air, you come on the air to tell our listeners about that, but you also have a specific purpose because you got something cooking this very day. Tell us about it. 
a lot of value. If you're ready to regain your love life or just improve performance and frequency, call us this morning. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound is free. The gift that produces uh, pretty immediate and powerful results in the bedroom. You'll love that. And here's one of significant value. Blood work and testosterone is free uh, today to our patients as well. Ah, free. Love that. Instant results, man. Guaranteed. There you go. Wasatch Medical Clinic right now. Call to claim all the stuff that Andrew's talking about. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, Joe Ingles coming up next. Stay with us.